0: With all our discussions about CISOs and the role of the Chief Information Security Officer, when I had the chance to sit down with Connectwises at IT Nation Connect, I welcomed the opportunity. I'm joined by Patrick Biggs, who has both government and commercial experience on this bonus episode of The Business of Tech. Did you know that 95% of cybersecurity issues stem from misconfigurations, often caused by human error? That's where LionGuard comes in. Their industry-leading configuration change detection and response platform automatically documents your systems, enabling you to stay ahead by alerting you to any changes. You can also audit and assess user accounts, reconcile billing, and continuously enhance your customer's cybersecurity posture. This also helps you maintain defensibility for cyber insurance and compliance. Curious to learn more? Just head over to LionGuard.com slash MSPRadio and discover how LionGuard can make a difference. Dave Sobel here again with another bonus episode of the Business of Tech. We are on site at ConnectWise's IT Nation Connect event, and I am talking to Patrick Beggs, the Chief Information Security Officer at ConnectWise. Patrick, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, David, it's a great way to kick off this event with, uh, with this interview, so pretty excited, so thank you.
0: I think the easiest place to start is for us to get a sense of how do you approach mm-hmm. Operationalizing security and the way you think about implementing security at Connectwise.
1: So this is a concept and a a. a a approach that I've carried with me for many, many years, uh, I probably would say it started off in my government days, um, but carried into other organizations that I was at, Bank of America, AIG, AWS, and I call it, and it's, again, it's not necessarily mine, but a cyber fusion approach. It's an intelligence-driven approach to cybersecurity operations. It's it's a very forward-leaning approach. It's not reactive, it's proactive. Um, we would we would rather find challenges within our own environment before somebody else does. We understand cyberspace and the information security space that you know you have to be reactive sometimes, but we are constantly testing ourselves and peeling back the layers to understand where we you know where we could be stronger, where we could be uh, you know more forward leaning in our approach to cyber operations. So yeah.
0: Now this is going to sound like an interesting almost boring question but it tells a lot about the way that you run the organization. Talk <laughs> yep. to me about the way your organization like the org sure. chart oh, is set up absolutely. and how it plugs in because yep. that also shows how it's, it's integrated. What's your org chart? Work so like?
1: it's it's actually pretty traditional to an, to an extent. Um, so if I, if I, I'm going to call them pillars right from left to right and no particular priority or order. Um, on the left-hand side, we we'll have a, I have a pillar, an organization for identity. Uh, excuse me, for uh, for comp- privacy and compliance and governance. So, GRC, p- privacy and compliance, right? Uh, very big space for uh, for us, uh, for bringing on new partners, but also for the, the, the various regulatory uh, you know rules that we have to follow, so we have to keep that in, in a good place. Uh, but also that has third-party risk as well, which is very important. Um, moving towards the center, we have a traditional cybersecurity operations group, which is our security operations center, Tier 1, Tier 2. Um, also with our incident response organization, and within that as well, identity and access management. So making sure uh, our whole zero trust, least privilege approach is maintained and and, uh, executed upon. Um, And then we have a what we call our product, our product security and counter threat operations group. So the product security is exactly what you think it would be. It is maintaining the is maintaining the integrity of our all of our product security offerings on a, again, as I said, on a proactive basis, continuously scanning, but also to the what we call it, to the left of boom mentality for. Uh, for, for code review and system development lifecycle. So from just idea in, in inception all the way through release, there's different places where our product security engineers and teams and analysts are engaged with our CTO shop and our product, our product manager shops to ensure that uh, it's being baked in versus uh, layered on. And our counter threat organization, which is uh, our, our proactive uh, cybersecurity threat hunting, our red teaming, our penetration testing, our intelligence group, and lastly, our insider threat group. So, uh, and then I have office of the CISO is uh, myself and some folks that we, you know, uh, more on the, the metrics, metrics reporting out. Um, I report to the board as well, mm-hmm. so we have to, we uh, we have to manage that type of reporting as well. So okay. Yep.
0: Now, one of the things you guys have done this past year is you were working with JCRC right. on some of the so. J- JCDC. <laughs> Sorry, JCDC. Yes, Thank you. Absolutely. You were going JCDC. Yep. Talk to me about your relationship with, with yes. CISA. Like, okay. how how are you working with but,
1: them? Well, I go way back with CISA. So I actually was uh, one of the founding members of uh, Cybersecurity Communications uh, you know, Agency, which is now which is now CISA. Um, so the, the relationships there actually, some of them go back 15, 16 years for me, uh, it was nice, but they reached out to us early in January of, of this year to be more formally involved with their joint cyber defense collaborative. Um, so we've been working with them, again, proactively t- talking about s- uh, better security for remote monitoring management agents, uh, obviously you know, part of our, our key offerings, uh, but also from information sharing and intelligence sharing as well. Um, that's been amazing, um, and be able to pass that down to our partners, bait, and I'll be able to bake it into our, our 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 managed sock for our customers that rely on that. But also just pushing it, just because it's the right thing to do to anyone that we can. Um, as well, and then they actually this spring they formally actually asked us to be an official member of the Joint Cyber Defense Collaborative. So I know that's a number, a number probably I think fifty to one hundred companies uh, worldwide, or excuse me, uh, within the U.S. that are part of that. So that was pretty cool. So
0: can you give me like a, yeah. an example of of success yeah. with that relationship this year?
1: Oh yeah. so um, so they did. So they were they released a they released a few products uh, specifically, um, uh, proper you know ha- properly security RMM uh, remote management. Um, uh, Tools, so we were part of the development process of those articles um, and, and those best practices. So we're doing that. We're actually in helping them now as well on secure by design uh, approaches as well. But also on a weekly basis, they pass us intelligence that, again, as I said, uh, that's the really the more contextual thing. And we, you know, we, they say, hey, listen, we're seeing some some bad folks doing some bad things, and here are some indicators that you probably should take a look at and perhaps block, and let us know if you're seeing it as well because it's a bi-directional thing. So
0: yeah. Well, I like to to highlight this kind of work because yeah. it's sometimes popular to shake your fist at big government and say like oh but there's yeah. a lot of really interesting collaboration that's beneficial so, to both sides.
1: It's, so it's so it goes back to again it goes back to my legacy there is helping critical infrastructure owner operators. It's funny I was way back in the day leading assessments for the, with the government and really trying to explain to people were from the government we're here to help. Fast forward now right on the other the coin is flipped right but many of ConnectWise partners if not all of them are part of they're owners and operators of critical infrastructure. MSPs manage water treatment plants, they manage, you know, chemical plants, their IT departments, right? And if you, you know, inversely, that those are targets, right, for, for badness to happen, perhaps, and the US government has to take a stance and try to protect that as best they can, but they also understand that they're not, you know, maybe some of them, it takes a public-private partnership, so,
0: yeah. So I wanna ask a bit of a a bit of a a sort of broad philosophical question, right? (laughs) Because you're involved with with advising ConnectWise on a lot of the the way they're thinking about security. Yes. And there's a you know, you talked about zero trust as an initiative, Mm -hmm. which is we're all moving towards a zero trust environment. Ideally. We know it's perfection that we'll never quite attain. Sure. At the same time, we're working with a set of products that oftentimes want very aggressive administrative access, right? <laughs> and in, how how do you think about balancing that dynamic between trying to have things as minimally trust as possible right. versus tools that
1: want complete access? It's, it's a it's a it's a true understanding of your environment, right? Understanding your attack surface and where where the it's it's an under so it's, it's the analogy of knowing how many doors and windows you have in your house, right? And you do, do you need them all open at the same time, right? Um, and it, it, is that, it is to your point, um, it, it can be very complicated because the, the nature of those products, right, is to have a lot of access. But it doesn't mean they have, they have to have every window and door open to the house. So it's an understanding, it's an educational, it's more of a people process versus a technology problem. Right. That's where I always try to say it's not always the tech side of the house. So it's understanding your environments, really understanding the path to your crown jewels, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and putting up roadblocks, if not closing doors to those paths, right? Um, but obviously still maintaining operational efficiencies and functions that can't can't be stopped. So it's it's a balance. Yeah.
0: All right, I'm gonna ask the fun vendor question that I've uh, asked because okay. I've been telling my listeners okay. to start asking vendors okay. So I'm gonna take my own advice okay. and ask as well. Great. Where are you thinking about passkeys in, in, in terms of Connectwise and its product sets as we try and move towards a password-less future?
1: Uh, so that's uh, you know you know obviously that's you know that's a that's a tough challenge for again that's a people on process challenge. It's an educational challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a challenge of what people are just used to for so long, right? Um, it is such a single point of failure for us, right? Um, obviously, we I always would push, you know, multi-factor authentication. If you're not, if that's, you know, obviously there's a password involved with that, right? Um, you know, we, we're we gonna be moving towards, I think, I mean, not necessarily connect-wise, but the industry at, at writ large, it is more, I think you're gonna see more of that trusted device acknowledgement, you know, uh, movement, right? Where if that, that device is not Exhibiting normal behavior, right? In a normal, in an environment where it is, you know, where it has been seen before, it's not going to be allowed access. Will passwords be going away? I will know time soon. Um, cause I think that's just such a big, we'll say cultural change to how folks work, um, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pontificate on should it be, but uh, I would say you're, you're going to see more on the leaning towards that. Really, is that that zero trust trusted device approach to identity and access management? So
0: yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you a follow-up then because yeah. because you know, connect, uh, Google mm-hmm.
1: is leaning really heavily into this. Yes. Now they're yep.
0: they consumer product, but right. at the same time they're leaning into it pretty heavily with it's now being activated by default. Yes. You know, Microsoft leaning pretty heavily into trying to move towards password. You know, they've rolled out their pieces right built into Windows Hello. Right. And I want to get a, get a little bit of a sense of like, you know, industry-wide mm-hmm. if, if we're thinking about MSPs and IT services companies as, yep. and protecting all this, yep. how much do we
1: need to rotate towards this from your opinion? I think we have to do what we call, I think we have to Again, on the proactive side, lean towards that, and we have to really start exposing and talking about the concept. Right? That's the first. Mm-hmm. Thing. It's always the problem. Right? Is cert- acknowledge that there's a challenge. Right? And right. and start and start showing folks. That, you know, and it gets good at great examples with Microsoft and Google. Again, and in, you know they have a consumer home user environment. Right. right? But it is that is different from the business side. Right? If you think about that. So, again. Leaning towards on the educational side and showing, you know, and showing the the validity of how it's it's not going to harm their business, right? Per se, mm-hmm. it's change. Everyone is just, they're resistant to change, so I think step one is showing the showing a the security of it, but also the flexibility of it, and how you know how it is, I and mean, it's 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 just evolution, right? So I right. think it's going to be a, a, a hard charging educational process, like and and really understanding, you know you know, understanding the intricacies of deploying something like that, right? Not, it's not always one size fits all either. So, and right. um, that's some of the large organizations might have, do have challenges with, because they, it's sometimes they try to do a one size fits all. So we have to understand what would be the more specific needs of our partner base before we kind of approach it like that, so yeah. so
0: So where, where are you thinking the key needs of the partner base are right now when it comes to security?
1: From from just a general security standpoint, general
0: security's perspective.
1: I'll get on my soapbox um, um, because I'm you know I I run a bit you know I, I, I secure a business I secure a mm-hmm. medium-sized business five you know four or five thousand employees uh, globally right mm-hmm. so I think I'll, I'll speak to that from that perspective um, you know and I talked to, we talked about it a little bit is uh, vulnerability management thousand percent you know that's, that's it's such an easy answer to give you but it's still <laughs> folks need to do understand vulnerability management right and actually proactive and again understand that understand their space um, you know uh, but also third party say identity access management what are entitlements that your third-party apps have right what are the defaults that they're enabled when you when you you know when you uh, connect with them from an api standpoint are you actually peeling the layer back and understanding what ac- what the default access to those apps are cuz I'll tell you that's some of the larger breaches, right? That's that's where the, the launch points have been. So, right. you know, that's something I've been trying to talk to folks more about is understand that attack surface. So, right.
0: yeah, well, I, I think yeah. giving you some space to get on your soapbox is useful. because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes well, sometimes yeah. it's the basic things that we're not focusing enough. I mean, it is almost always, always
1: the basic, the basic things, <laughs> things that we're not. Um, you know, security awareness training as well. fish testing, you know, things like that. We are very aggressive at ConnectWise internally about testing our own employees okay. very, very, very Le- very lean- forward, leaning on that, uh, but also from a security awareness training, talking about some of the recent breaches that happened and, sh- and tell your employees how they happened and how they could be susceptible to that. We do that all the time. Um, you know, we talked about the MGM hack, right? And say, listen, when somebody calls you up, right, they're not- no one internally is going to be asking for this information. You know, that type of approach. Right. Yeah. So- how do you define aggressive? You, you say you're very aggressive about that. How do you How do you define that? Talk, talk, talk. Be do not do, don't sit behind a closed door. In a sense, make yourself and your and the 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 functions that we represent. Right, are my, my leaders and even even below them. Having them, it's more of a grassroots efforts. Right, um, and that's how really change is made and, and and positive change is made. So if we empower them to go talk to their. Counterparts on, say, the product development side of the house, or the HR side of the house, legal, you name it. Our, our, my, my partnership with my, the CTO and our, and our CIO is, is amazing, right? We're we, we talk constantly, and I would probably venture to say that may not be necessarily the case, of, you know, large organizations. I've seen it can be very adversarial you know we 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 make decisions together sometimes you know it's great so yeah so that's that's the we set the tone at the top right and i, I believe it, it it feeds down any organization has its challenges and you know they're you know you know what we call towers of excellence right that we try always trying to break down so yeah yep.
0: you live in a world of uh, one failure becomes <laughs> becomes the headline, right? I mean, yeah. We'll laugh about it, but, yeah. but it, it's it's an impossible goal, it's right? It's a zero-sum game. It's yep. a zero-sum game. Yep. The, the attackers only have to be right once, you right. have to be right all the time. Yep. So instead, how do you define success in terms of delivering and measuring security? I, def-
1: I would say I d- define success by, well, <laughs> by surviving the day and the week and the month, right? In a sense, but life is not about survival, right? It's, it's about, um, understand, it's about the maturity journey. So I gauge myself and I, we, we grade ourselves from a maturity standpoint. We're very project-oriented based and we have to, you know, we look again, it goes back to what I talked about before is that proactive identifying gaps ourselves and shoring up those gaps. So um, we're not advancing if we're not finding gaps, right? And they could be some of the more micro micro gaps, right? Um, so that is one of the things that we, we, we grade ourselves for success is are we advancing Upon our own goals and 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 and, and uh, you know projects uh, in a sense of pushing the needle forward. And it's not always a you know a technology impl- implementation solution. Again, back to people and process. So, yeah.
0: so I'm going to ask a uh, sort of a a bit more of a outside of business question. Okay, you're in a you're in a job that could be perceived as very high stress.
1: <laughs> How do you manage mental health in that environment? Oh, that's a great great question, and it's something I talk with my leaders about. Um, all the time, um, I, I I put them in timeout sometimes in a positive way, right? Um, identifying times where it's appropriate, and I'll say, "Listen, I don't want to hear or see, I don't want to hear or see from you today, right?" Um, and I said, "Listen, I need this to happen as well. We need. Sometimes you got to take a break from the keyboard. Um, you know, I personally, I you know, I, fitness is a is a big thing for me, right? Is maintaining that mental. I I, I take a break every day and I walk five miles, right." takes me a little bit, an hour, an hour and a half. I take calls though sometimes on it. I probably shouldn't do, <laughs> but it's really, it's just talking about is, again, it goes back to what we were talking before, is, is identifying the challenge it, and communicating and saying it's okay that you're not necessarily reachable, you know, at any given time, as long as there's a, somebody that is, right? Mm-hmm. Trust in team. That's the biggest thing for, I think, for that as well, is to trust the team and be able to take a step back. So, yeah. Yep. so if you could sort of impart that one bit
0: <laughs> of knowledge the, the do this right now for the for people that are thinking about making a proactive change in their security posture what would that that be
1: again, it goes back to do not wait for something to happen to you right um, and again it doesn't have to be elaborate in the sense of test yourself right you know it, and it's something as simple as fish testing but also is um, really on the, the basic proactive threat hunting or the red teaming side of the house. If you see a breach that happened somewhere in the, in the news, here's a great thing. Take a look at what happened. It just might get as much information f- from it and understand where are you, where are your weak points in relationships to that, right? Um, not, you know, that it's just, you know, be it more introspective, right? Folks who are always looking, we're always watching what's coming in, but be more introspective in understanding where your risks are, and not all risks are created equal, right? Um, not all vulnerabilities are created equal for organizations. You don't necessarily have to spend, uh, you know, an enormous amount of money to a vulnerability that is not necessarily applicable to your organization or to your product, right? So it's just understanding your space. And again, is uh, you know, holding yourself accountable. Right, there you go.
0: So you brought it up, and you mentioned red teaming, and I've been thinking a lot about that in the context of AI, particularly with the executive orders that have come around, thinking about it. Mm -hmm. How is AI changing or modifying, or maybe not, your approach in, in security? How are you applying it? Are you thinking about it?
1: We're, so we're applying it, we're thinking about it more on the, and it's you know, on the on the tier one side of the house, right? A lot of what tier one stock analysts, tier two stock analysts, it's a very repetitive job, right? Form fields are the same, right? So employing more, and you know, I would say, you know, hyper automation, machine learning, you know, yes, it's probably sprinkle on some AI on, on some of that, on some of those functionalities, right? But also looking for behavior. I've been, I have been, I mean, I have a, one, my only patent is in AI for cyber operations, and that was in 2017, right? Um, but all that was doing was looking for abnormal, it's using leveraging models to look for abnormal behavior that doesn't exist in an environment. So that is where we're we're moving towards internally is again, baselining our own behavior and understanding what is considered not normal and then applying tier two to tier three resources, which are very, you know, those are are the crown jewel resources, right? Then applying them to those versus a, a, you know, a, you're looking for a needle in a stack of needles, right? Um, so that approach. But also on the on the on the reverse side is the attacks that are coming at us in understanding, you know, what the adversaries are going to be using, right? And and having to up our game as well because the the, the phishing emails are getting so much more advanced, right? And be able to detect for that. But also looking for you know like anti you know AI detection capabilities, right? So phishing emails before they were really bad grammar and really poor English. Now they're too perfect, right? But okay, can we detect for that? Too perfect, right? Goes back to behavioral baselining, so, yeah.
0: Well, Patrick, this has been fascinating. Yeah. I really appreciate you, uh, <laughs> you joining me and educating yeah. me a little bit more Sorry. on the uh, listeners on security. Thanks, thanks for joining the, me. This
1: was great, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys are gonna be sticking around and enjoying the conference too, so. yep. We'll be here the whole week, thanks. Great, great. thanks, dude. appreciate it, yep.
0: Looking to make your monitoring offering premium? A way to differentiate your capabilities? How about being able to see into your client's IT rooms with thermal imaging with 768 monitoring points combined with ambient temperature and humidity. Live and recorded video with motion detection offering better visibility than being there physically. Sentry from RF Code is the answer. Plug it in, scan the QR code, and you're done. Sentry helps you know about IT issues before your clients do and listeners get 30% off your order of hardware and service with code MSP Radio on checkout. Visit rfcode.com slash Radio and ensure you're never asked why you didn't know again. The Business of Tech is written by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines posted at businessof.tech. This episode was edited and produced by Picture This Video. If you like the content, please make sure to hit that like button and follow and subscribe. It's the free and easy way to support the show and help us grow. You can also check out our Patreon, where you can join the Business of Tech community at patreon.com slash mspradio or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. Finally, if you're interested in advertising on the show, visit mspradio.com engage. Thanks for listening today, and I will talk to you again on the next episode of The Business of Tech. Part of the MSP Radio Network.